This is the Root Advice Podcast with TikTok influencer Rudy A. Divorced after 16 years of marriage and single at 39, I share my mistakes and experiences to help your marriage improve your dating life and prepare you for life after divorce. Guys, I have to ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to know how to please a woman? Improve yourself in the bedroom. Be comfortable in your own skin. How to approach a woman. Well, we're going to talk about all that with my good friend, dating expert, and YouTube legit superstar, Sarah Don Moore. For those who have been following me since the beginning, you know Sarah was my first guest, episode one of my podcast. If you haven't heard it, please take a listen after this particular one. And she's also been a good friend of mine. I've known her for about a year, maybe a year and a half when she started off on TikTok. And she is legit blown up. She's approaching, I believe, 400,000 subscribers on YouTube, and she just had an appearance on the Fresh and Fit podcast this past Friday and also Valuetainment. So she's got an agency. She's got a group of people, handlers helping her out. So she is now on her way, and I could not be happier for her. So she again, Sarah Don Moore is my guest today, and we're going to talk about all that. And really, it's this episode, guys, is focused on you. I, I, I have to remind myself there's a lot of people out there who really haven't developed a skill set in talking to people and being comfortable in their own skin. And not just with women, but with everybody in general. So we're going to talk about that, what men can do. If you want to succeed, if you want to improve your dating life, what you can do, ground zero, day one, how to improve yourself. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how Sarah's transition from being a full-time employee working in the corporate world, how she quit her job and is now a full-time YouTuber, how that transition has been for her and how her audience has adjusted to her teachings. Initially, she admitted that she was really just in the validating space, validating pain of what men have gone through. But now she's not only just doing that, but she's kind of teaching them up, coaching them up a little bit to get them to acknowledge what they need to do to improve their lives. In other words, take accountability. So there was some pushback on that. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the red pill space and really how a lot of the rhetoric contradicts itself, how they preach how they want a young 14-year-old virgin as a wife with no experience whatsoever. We're also going to talk about, guys, I didn't know this, but a lot of you get defensive in the bedroom if the girlfriend or wife wants to bring in a vibrator, which makes no sense to me that this thing is helping you out and it's only making her experience better. But we're going to talk about that particular uh, topic and why that's so triggering to a lot of young men and men in general. How money is not going to guarantee you women. What turns off a woman in the bedroom? My funnel cake story. And guys, how having a high body count doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a better lover. So we're going to talk about all those topics, lots of sex. So again, this is not work safe. So just FYI, (laughs) Uh, if you're going to play this at work, have your headphones on. And I also want to acknowledge real quick before we get to Sarah's interview, I recently looked at some data on who is listening to my podcast. I haven't had any reviews or ratings yet, but I wanted to acknowledge, well, obviously the U.S. is my number one demographic. And again, the state of California is my number one state in Texas, which is my home state is trailing at number two. And then I have Illinois, Pennsylvania, and Florida. But get this, then my second country that's my biggest market in the world is Australia. To all my brothers and sisters in Australia, here we go. New South Wales is my number one province, followed by Victoria, Queensland, Western Australia, and South Australia. So again, hello from this Southern Texan here. How you doing? Thank you for supporting the show. And Canada is my third demographic. Ontario, Alberta, British Columbia, Quebec, Nova Scotia. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. And the UK, we have England and Scotland. England at uh, my biggest demographic there, then Scotland. So again, oh, and then Sweden. Oh, my God. Stockholm. Oh, my God. There's Sweden. I didn't know that. Sweden is my fifth demographic, my largest demographic in the world. Thank you for that. And then followed by Germany. So again, 
everybody all over the world, I can't tell you that, you know, it's funny because sometimes I forget how the reach of the podcast is pretty broad and how it's reaching people from all over the world and who I will never probably meet. But I want you to know that I am thinking about you. I am smiling right now. And I really do appreciate all the support you've given me, whether it be an email or it be a subscription, whatever the case is. I really do appreciate that. And again, I want to say reiterate again that my primary channel, my primary outlet is going to be YouTube. I'm live on YouTube twice a week, and I would appreciate everybody all over the world, wherever you're, wherever you're at, to go to my YouTube channel, Root Advice. Please subscribe to it. I'm at 2,200 subscribers. I want to get to at least 10,000 before the end of the year. And please, if you want to help the show, I am now uh, avail- now available for channel memberships on YouTube. They enabled that function for me. So if you want to help the show by you know supporting $4.99 a month, maybe $1.99 a month, whatever you want to do. That will be a great help for me, this one man show. And again, I would appreciate that. And again, I would love to see you during the lives. When I'm live, I would love to see you in the chat and say, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. Now I'm here on YouTube. Let me know. I'll give you a special shout out. It would it would mean a lot to me just to kind of connect the community together, this worldwide community all together. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen from all over the world, here's my interview with Sarah Donmore. You were my first Yay. guest almost 40 episodes ago. Wow. And a lot's happened between now and then. You are now a YouTube, what is it, megastar or superstar? Which one is it? Not quite there. <laughs> Not quite there. We have, we're, we're working towards 400,000, mm-hmm. but it's been a journey. I mean, I remember starting this with you when there was nothing. You yeah. know, it was just TikTok. And mm-hmm. um, I've since... <laughs> since quit my job, uh, I have Good since you. been, you know, signed with an agency now. So they'll, they're going to be helping me with, you know, my production and my editing and just really taking the brand to the next level. And they really believed in the mission of what I'm trying to do, which is just really bring understanding between the sexes and explaining the idiosyncrasies of how we work. Yeah, uh, I think that there's not a lot of information out there, at least when I was this whole masculine feminine thing is is kind of new. I, I see people talking about that a lot now, but uh, I still think that there's some some information that needs to be had that needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you've definitely blown up, like I said, and uh, was just, is your demographic mainly men or is it split down the middle like 50 50 women are in there as well? It's about 80% men, about 20% women on all the platforms, but mm-hmm. it's interesting as I'm noticing some shifts that are happening. Um, really? The more, yeah. It, it, so here's how it gets broken down is men are really looking for solutions. Right. They don't like to spend a lot of time on like the f- the frou-frou understanding, like let's go deep in it. So the videos and the tactics that I give that are very, you know, solution oriented, this is what you do. This is how you approach a woman. This is how to spot things in a woman. These are red flags that you look for. Those Mm -hmm. tend to get like a lot of attention by a lot of men. Mm -hmm. But then when I go more into kind of the deeper psychological stuff about why we do the things that we do, you know, how potentially how like our childhood impacts us. That's the stuff that women tend to gravitate to. So it's really, interesting. it's very interesting. I haven't really kind of figured out 
why that is. And, and maybe because again, women are a little bit more in their feelings and their emotions. It could be, could just be a male or female thing. That's how we, that's how we take information. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you think as a man, like what kind of content are you drawn to on the internet? Well, uh, for me, it's, I'm hands-on. Uh, I have to, let's say if I needed to fix something around the house, I look up a YouTube video, right? And how do you fix blank? And I would, mm -hmm. okay, here's this, I'm watching the video and then I'm hands-on touching it. So uh, that's the way I learn. Uh, but in tied to our space, I remember when I was, when I was in a toxic relationship and she cheated on me and I'm like, I was a good man. What the hell did I do wrong? Mm. And I just went to YouTube and said, why did she cheat on me? Mm. And I, the first coach that came up, this is like four years ago, was coach Corey Wayne. And that's mm -hmm. the one that I still follow because uh, I found my life experience tied to him. Like, hey, I was already doing that. I didn't know I was doing that kind of naively. That's a word. But I was just doing what he had already had preached. But that one part where why did she cheat on me? He more or less was cut and dry. You did this. You went into a servant role. You weren't mad. You weren't you didn't keep your um, uh, masculinity up and you became like a servant to her and she lost respect. And I'm like, I didn't want to hear it. I got pissed off. But he was right. And mm. I'm like, OK, so um, that's for me as a man. That's what I like to hear. Uh, I don't like to sugar. I don't want anything sugarcoated. If I was a um, uh, a weak man or a simp, I want to hear that. And that's you think where that, that would be triggering if you heard that from a woman or does it feel different coming from a man? Because I often wonder that, like if you saw me say something of why she cheated, would that be too close to home for for hearing it from a woman? Oh, um, well, I got triggered with him, like I said. And if a mm -hmm. woman said it, uh, I don't know how I would have reacted. I would have been maybe the same way. Like, okay. well, you don't know, you know, maybe kind of like try to separate myself from what she was saying. Like, no, you're different. You don't know exactly what I was being, going through. I guess hearing it from a man was like, yeah, he knows how we're treated. He knows how we're lied to. He knows all the, mm -hmm. the hardships we go through. So that's why I connected more with me. But the mm -hmm. problem I'm having is like I, just, like I just told you, I liked, I like to hear things bluntly, like give it to me straight doc, like we hear in the movies, right? You know, no, don't sugarcoat it. I deliver that message, but I piss off a lot of men. Mm -hmm. they, they, like, they really don't like me. Uh, I get mm -hmm. called simp, I get called a, a beta, all these terms, and I'm like, no, I'm telling you like it is, maybe I can work on that and that's on me. But when I give that same advice, I get nothing but just hate, hate comments all day, every mm -hmm. day. Yeah. Well, that's because that it's, it's just pure projection of what they're feeling and, and what they're hurting mm -hmm. people. There's no solace in looking at oneself in the mirror and saying, wow, maybe I'm doing this. Maybe this is my fault. And the reason why is because people, it goes way back to childhood. It goes way back to shame right? Mm -hmm. Like it's deflection. It's if this right. was my fault, then like I have to take responsibility and it's the feelings that that elicit that make it so hard. It's, it's shame. It's like, Oh, this reminds me of when, you know, I felt shame when I was a child, when my mom made me feel this way. Um, and there's a, it's like an escape route. If you can blame someone else, if you don't have to take responsibility for yourself, then you get to say, Oh, nope. It's, it's their responsibility. You don't have to look within yourself to grow. So that's why I think there's a lot of people on the internet that are just looking for pure validation of the experience that they're going through. And mm -hmm. 
And that, you know, I've seen, I, I've realized in my content is as it's shifted more from, I mean, a year ago when I started TikTok to now, mm-hmm. really, I, I went from almost um, contributing to that male kind of anger and giving them validation. But then at some point I thought to myself, wow, like this isn't, this isn't creating change behavior. This isn't help. This isn't really helping anyone. Right, right. It's just saying, it's like coddling and saying, you know, you're good. It's fine. Like, it's okay. Blame her. Don't look at yourself. But that is a pattern that I found myself in. And I kept on getting into relationships that were, that kept failing over and over again. And mm. until I had sat down, I had a therapist that said, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want to be angry? Do you want a relationship? Do you want to be with a man? And I, and I said, well, yeah, kind of, but they're all this. And he goes, no, no, no. Let me back up. Like, it's not them. It's you who is picking them. It's you who is allowing them into your life. Mm -hmm. And that information right there just absolutely changed everything for me. So my content is, has shifted as well because, you know, you have to realize that, there's a healthy level of validation and then there's a healthy level of pushing. Just like, just like when your kid touches the stove, you know, you don't want to shame them and say, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe you. I can't believe you just did that. Why didn't you listen to me? Like you're such an idiot that would completely send your child into a shame spiral, right? They'd go in their room, they'd be disappointed with themselves. And then they would grow up to think like, Oh, it's all my, like, I don't listen. It's all my fault. Right. Versus, (laughs) Hey, I love you, buddy. I understand why you did that. But like, do you see the consequence of that action? Do you see what happened? Then and maybe now you know. Take- now you know not to touch it, right? <laughs> exactly. Like now, now you can make better decisions with the information that you have. But, but I think that a lot of people had parents that were, uh, you know, that were the shamers, that were the guys that made them feel terrible for themselves, and then they take that into relationships with them later on in life. Mm. Uh, real quick, uh, time out. Can you move the camera a little bit over? Because you're off to the on my site. There you go. You're like clo- over to the right of the frame. Good. And uh, let's see. There you go. Now you're center frame. Perfect. Yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> I have my back. I was, I'm filming today, so I'm all like, but it's, I it's see my that. background. Look at you. You got it's your whole studio I, back there. It is. My <laughs> living room has turned into a studio. My, it's so funny with my agency. I'm like, you know, if guys come over, they're really going to question what's happening here in this house. Or like, is she a cam girl? Or what? Exactly. Model? I'm like, it looks like I'm a cam girl. Yes. Even with the teleprompter. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Going back to you said the shift in, in content. There's there's a good there's a decent amount right of validation yet, but then there's also you got to push them. Um, do you find men since that's the majority of your demographic and you mentioned they're loyal and I get that every audience is like super loyal to their to their mm-hmm. favorite content creator right? Uh, when that shift in the content occurred, did they become defensive? Did they fight back? Did they want to keep you in the validation space? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I've lost, I've lost, um, a couple thousand followers on Instagram since I've started to shift. Wow. Uh, YouTube still keeps to be going up, but, um, TikTok I've lost, I haven't lost any. I just haven't been growing as fast, but that is, that is the price that you have to pay for being a a conscious creator. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately you can't show up in a space 
you have to make a decision. And I've done too much growth on myself mm-hmm. to show up to work every day and say, you know, I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to sell out because of money. I'm going to do the things that I know will make me money that I know will get me likes and hits and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to wake up and, and look at myself in the morning and, and serve and do the things that are a part of my recovery as a human being and all that I've been through. So yeah. unfortunately, um, you know, as a, as you shift and I've had to kind of take deep breaths as I watch things change. Um, unfortunately it is just the way that it is. You will attract the right audience. Eventually things will start to clear themselves out. You'll start to get more people that are looking to grow, but you have to just stay the course and not get concerned with the vanity metrics and the constant watching of views because that's an addiction within itself as a creator. You said vanity matrix, right? Uh, uh, metrics, also vanity metrics. What is what? I've never heard of that. What is that? Yeah, vanity metrics are the metrics that you get when you post something and then you look to see, like, how mm. is it done? How many comments has it gotten? How many shares has it gotten? Really, when you create a piece of content in the back of your mind, you should be thinking about, you know, who am I trying to serve? What message am I trying to put out? Um, what challenge am I trying? Like, what am I trying to teach people? And if that's your message, if that's your content, if you're speaking from your life experience as a coach or as a leader, you know, Martin Luther didn't create speeches in the back of his mind going, I think this is what they want to hear. So I'm going to give them this, mm-hmm. you know, there it's like, no, he shared who he was and as, as an individual. And then people related to him, what he was saying found something that they could connect with. And that's why people get a following, not because they're just getting people who do validation content. They're not taken seriously. And then secondly, um, they're not, there's no service involved in that. It's, you're just a creator. So it's okay. You have to go in deciding what it is that you want out of this life that we're in, right? As far as this creator economy. Mm -hmm. But I, I have had to, when I post, it's like I post and I ghost. I don't look back. I don't watch. I don't, I might, you know, look at the comments and see who I can interact with, see, see who's like really willing to learn. But mm-hmm. the majority of people are really just looking to, to feel validated. Like, damn it. Yeah. I knew she was a whore. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I knew my I was fault. A, it was it wasn't my fault, yeah. you know? And then but that doesn't that doesn't do much for people. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that because me and my my fiance were having a discussion with that. She was she was asking me what do you want from out of this, and I've noticed. I was talking uh, to who was I talking to? Uh, Levi Washington. Mm. He asked me, "Was there been a big difference since the day you started till now?" And I'm like, honestly, yeah. Uh, when I first started, if you can if you go back and watch my videos, I was like, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids. I'm done. Right, and the hell with that <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, and I just shared like, do you remember this day video? Like, well, I'm never going to get married again, and that video like is taking off. I talked about cheating, and that's how the growth kind of happened. People wanted to hear that real life story, etc. And as I've healed in my myself in my relationship, my content is not anti marriage. It's not anti woman. It's not. I'm never going to get married again. And I've slowly seen it plateau, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I go, well, let me try Facebook. And I shared my same videos on Facebook, and that blew up. I'm at fifty thousand on on Facebook, nice. YouTube, I, I can't get traction because it's, I know it's a male dominated uh, platform and 
the videos that I do post where I'm anti-woman, anti-marriage, those get the engagement, those get the clicks. And um, my fiance was telling me, well, that's not you anymore. I'm like, I know, but I go, there's no engagement. I mean, I'm wasting my time. What do I do? And mm. she goes, well, what are you trying to do? I'm like, just help young men find themselves before they get into, you know, marriages. People love to hear about cheating. I know that that type of experience, she goes, well, just focus on that. And don't worry about the engagement. Don't look at the comments because as a creator, like on TikTok, you know, that's my main demographic, 300K. Um, I post and ghost, right? But mm -hmm. for the platforms that I'm not successful at, like YouTube, I'm like at 2100. Mm -hmm. And I post, but I, I see how it does. Like I go back a few hours later, okay, is there any traction? Did it get shared? Sometimes there's zero views. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what did I do wrong? So I'm always researching other YouTubers yourself and just seeing what the topic is. Maybe it's my delivery. Maybe the message is kind of lost. But I've mm -hmm. fallen into that vanity metric sort of thing. Just to mm -hmm. not, I wouldn't say vanity. It's more like, is it, is it clicking? Is mm -hmm. it connecting? Do I need to improve? Do I need to totally. improve my speaking skills? So I always look inward whenever I'm in any work environment. Like, what am I doing that, that I can improve upon that? So um, that's what I've seen in my space. And I notice if I tweak my content and sound a little bit more aggressive, like if I shout and say, you know, women are this, that gets engagement, but I don't want to sell out. I can't. Yeah. And that's, and I've done the same. I think that if I, if I come out and, and say the double standard videos, mm -hmm. you know, oh, poor men, you know, and, and, and it really, it really is true. I mean, you, you all do have certain things that, um, I don't think a lot of women are pointing out, but I will mm -hmm. say that as a woman on YouTube, I, I feel I've seen, I have seen other content by men that is typically the same that doesn't do as well. Mm -hmm. So that is a reality. And I, I'm honest about that, you know, being mm -hmm. a woman on YouTube versus being a man on YouTube, I think is hard because the competition is stiffer, but also Instagram is a different platform. There's a lot more women on Instagram. Right. So the content that does really well there is more validation for them. I mean, uh, you know, I've seen, and, and you've seen Emily, Emily King has grown quite a bit on Instagram, but her content is, you know, again, very validating for men, very, mm -hmm. um, and, and that you have, there's, okay. There are content creators that are at 20,000 people and they're making a very good living because they're serving a small base. They're right. giving, you know, they're, they're sharing their advice. They're teaching courses on a very specific topic. So it's like, what that, what, that's what I mean. A, a creator can have 2 million followers and be making less than somebody who has 10,000 followers. That's right. the vanity of it. You have to remember, okay, like, what are we doing? Are we serving? Are we selling courses? Like, have we built out a funnel of places where we can send people? So that that's a little bit about the content creation is just some people have a big following and are still broke. And yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know like uh, you're like the fourth YouTuber I know who's doing this for a living. And once like uh, I think not necessarily 100K, there's guys who make or 50K followers and have a, a decent living, like it's nice to get enough, like a $500 check or more every month. But if you're over at a hundred, I know you can quit your job and all that. So I understand that it's also a few of them that I've known have been doing this for a few years now and they're at the point of burnout. And they're mm. like, this used to be fun. I used to mm. like talking about this. Now I'm at the point where like, oh God, it's like, I've already talked about this topic. Like I've done four videos on this already. They really want me to talk about it again. And it, it's, yeah. it gets like a repetitive thing. So for them, they've always been cognizant of evolving. 
like yep. staying in the same niche that got you there, but slowly bringing like inch by inch, incrementing something new or something that you're excited about as a creator. Because mm -hmm. the worst feeling, and I've been there myself in front of the camera, is like, I don't want to do this video. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this right now, but damn it, I have a sponsorship. I got I to gotta record it. Yeah. So we, we've all been there, but it's important like to evolve and all that. But, uh, but congratulations, though, because your success is 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 well deserved but okay. it's it's a dream that many people strive to have like they think jesus making videos that's not hard work so for those people who think that or who are dreaming to be in your shoes right what realities can you give them that's prepare them like hey it's not all sunshine and rainbows man it's actually hard work what can you give yeah. them yeah i remember my sister <laughs> i remember my sister-in-law we were at a christmas function or something a couple of uh, maybe it was last year and she said you know well how hard is it to be a creator you just all you do is just make videos and i like i <laughs> chuckled i yeah. just kind of went oh, okay haha so i mean i started this when i had a very very full-time corporate job nine to five uh nine to seven really um i worked for a pharmaceutical company one of the largest in the world and I was doing so, so like sans that I was doing double time, you know, yeah. I would stay all day on zooms with my corporate job. I'd shut my computer down. I would, you know, get online. I would start scripting out what I was going to say. I would do one day of scripting then the next day I would do it all over again that I'd get on and I would do, um, another day of filming. And there was a point in time where I was posting three or four times a day. I was mm -hmm. uploading three or four times a day. I, I spent about $20,000 in coaching, understanding how to, social media works, how to make it a business, what mindset that you need to have to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, I started networking. I would network with people after work. I would go try and find people that were doing what they what I was wanting to do and you know started talking to them how did you do this what did you do then I mean so so people think that this life is just waking up and creating videos mm -hmm. there were times when I would be scripting something my laptop is on my I'm laying back here on this couch it's 12 o'clock I'm exhausted I'm scripting though I shut the laptop and I literally fell asleep on the couch I'd wake up at six I'd go back to my corporate job I'd shut the computer I, you mm -hmm. know so it was it was constant and people were like why are you so busy and I go you don't understand yeah, they don't this is a this is a job like you have never had before because the way that the algorithms work is, you know, they reward consistency. And then when you get a video that goes viral, you better take advantage of it because mm -hmm. then you have this window of time that the algorithm thinks that people want to see your stuff. So you got to capitalize on that. You got to understand how to feed the algorithm. And these algorithms are always changing. Mm -hmm. So one month you could be great on Instagram. The next month you could tank because of the certain types of content. So then you have to think, okay, well, let me test new content. Let me con let me continue to kind of see is um, words on the screen do well? Do mm -hmm. what, what are the SEO topics that people are searching for on YouTube? So if you're not researching, if you're not networking, if you're not writing scripts to, you know, if you're not, I tell people I write three or four term papers a week, you know, that mm -hmm. is my scripting. I, I don't, AI doesn't script for me. Like I do everything, the mm -hmm. research. So if you want to be a good content creator, you are signing up 
for about 60 hours a week for about a year, about a year, at least. Um, Everyone you talk to, everyone you talk to, and then learning how to build a product portfolio to sell, like your friends are burnt out. Being a YouTube Mm -hmm. creator is very hard. But if you look at Mr. Beast, if you look at all these people that have been really successful, they have created a product ladder where there's chains and there's, he has chocolates, he has snacks in Walmart. You know, he has this restaurant, I think a burger restaurant somewhere. I don't even know what he has, but, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, getting on there and watching think media, Sean Cannell, I would, I binged his videos for months every day, you know, Mm -hmm. how do, how do I understand these algorithms? What does SEO mean? I'm very lucky because I don't have any kids. You know, I don't have, that that's a hard situation, oh. especially I talk to, you know, I have friends like Lauren and who other people who have other mm-hmm. situations that they have, they have to find time to create as well as yourself to create yeah. content. Um, and Lauren's and blowing they, up too. I, I, I saw she just crossed a hundred K on her platform. So congrats to her yeah. as well. It's that it's, it's her stuff is that reaction. The reaction stuff does very well. Yeah. Reaction videos are, some people have just pure reaction channels like Abba and Preach. I'm, I'm sure you, I don't know if you know about them. I, I came across them lately as I started diving into, I'm, I'm more, my primary focus is YouTube and I started diving in like Pearl, but I don't like talking about them, but I see Pearl, then they pop up and like, oh, these dudes, like it's all reactionary, just talking, talking shit about one another and all that. So, <laughs> well, you know, and, and they do that, they do that preemptively. So if you don't know, they're all in a network together, the red pill space, you know, I'm going to Miami next week. I will be, you know, talking to different types of podcasts and very cool. You know, if you can't, if you can't beat them, why not join them, Rudy? What can I say? Yeah. The, the <laughs> From the and again from the outside in as a new person, right? I see this, right? But I see the hustle, and I'm like, okay, he's saying Destiny's saying so many horrible things about Pearl, horrible things, and then the next week they're on a on a, on a panel together. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is like the WWF. This is all the characters. They're all just talking shit in the ring on the video, yeah. but then being behind the stage, they're just all really just networking and just you know people love drama. So they're just stirring mm-hmm. up the numbers and stirring up the pot. So I, I saw the hustle and I even saw it more so with my friend, uh, Angela Knight, when MLD, that whole thing occurred in uh, like. I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Where, what space is what? I don't know who that is. I, I started seeing her, but only because of you. So was she relationship she's, or was, yeah, she, what she, was she? She calls out toxic behavior. She gives dating advice. She's 28. She's she's engaged. And she came from a very poor background like myself, right? So we're all mm. like, not self-made, but we were better than what we were. Uh, made tons of mistakes and we're better, better people. So she gives advice about relationships and dating modern women, you know, how to, guys, how to improve. Your, so more or less like you, uh, mm-hmm. but she's more or less starting now, but she's starting to blow up as well. And uh, again, I saw how that interaction with MLD and all the other, uh, I guess, Red Pill guys were reacting. I'm like, how can they back somebody? They're always saying women are not... Uh, they're always emotional. They're not, can be held accountable. They think irrationally. And then one of their own acts that way. And they're not cal- calling them out. And they're like, oh, it's all a show. Mm-hmm. It's all a shit show. This all adjusts characters. And that's when I kind of understood the game. I'm like, okay, okay. So I, I get it yeah. now. I get it now. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's un- yeah, it's unfortunate. And, th- and that is, you know, if we want to talk about the red pill space, I did a video recently about it and I haven't released it yet. Just, uh-huh. Um, debunking the hypocrisies of the red pill space, you know, just for example, 
you know, they say that men love, you know, younger women. Give me a 23 year old who is young and fertile and fresh. But most yeah. marriages, 80% of marriages in the U.S. and heterosexual relationships, the age gap on average is about 2.3 years. Only 8% of marriages have a 10-year age gap or more in the U.S. Oh, um, I also did a poll on my Instagram and asked... And, and the reason why it got brought up was because I was working with a client who was dating a woman who was much younger and they were really struggling. Mm -hmm. So I have, I've had a couple clients now that I've worked with who, um, have dated younger women, much younger and have really struggled in multiple different areas. So I think it's, I, I think that some of these guys in the red pill think that they're, their anecdotal experience about what they want, right, mm -hmm. is like basically what all men want or like they put it into this category of, you know, mm -hmm. oh, well, if I want it, then that means, you know, here, guys, you should go after it, too. But then when you start looking at the bigger picture and mm -hmm. like the macro of what they say, yeah. none of it checks out. It It's yeah. like it doesn't it's not correct. So, yeah, they can say what they want to say. And a lot of these podcasts, like in Miami and all these others, where they talk about relationship advice, they're really talking about themselves because a lot of these guys, like I had Sterling Cooper on. I know you, you're going to have him on soon. Mm -hmm. uh, one, out of all the people that I've spoken to, he's one of the coolest down to earth guys. And yeah. We talked a long time after the show was over. Super cool guy. Uh, but these men are millionaires. Mm -hmm. So they can, they're talking about, I want a harem of women. You know, she's going to be loyal to me, but you know, uh, you know, uh, she can't have any other men. I'm like, well, Men in, with power in that type of like pool can ask for that. In some mm -hmm. places, they do get that because the women understand, hey, he's going to take care of everything. Mm -hmm. He's going to do his thing. I'm taking care of. Look where I live. Mm -hmm. Men like that can command that. The the 98% of us who don't have that money can't relate to that. So when I hear these guys talking about they're going to lose everything in divorce, the alimony is going to be skyrocketed. Yeah, if you're a one percenter and you marry somebody who was a waitress, that's probably what's going to happen. But for the majority of us, that's not the case. So a lot and, of the dating advice and the women they speak to, the women they highlight, all these OnlyFans models, IG models, these are not women that regular men can obtain, so to speak. That's why I think there's a lot of hatred toward these women in the chats, like, oh, they're all this, they're all that, whatever, whatever. But that is not a realistic portrayal of what the common man can get. No, and furthermore, if a woman is... If you're attracting women with superficial things, such as right. money, such as the ability to take care of you and give you all that you want... Um, there's a level of emotional intimacy that you're not necessarily going to have, especially if you have three different women. So it de depends on what you want. If all you want is to have a sexual relationship with a woman and to have your main squeeze, uh, she's going to have some sort of pretty deep attachment wounding um, in general. And that's something that they don't talk about because most women who are very healthy and are very securely attached within themselves are not going to be okay with you sleeping with another woman. Right. And it's funny, it's funny because they say that, um, you know, women have like a dual mating strategy, which is alpha, you know, alpha, uh, seed beta need, mm -hmm. but they are also talking about a dual mating strategy themselves. And they don't necessarily ever seem to point that out that you want a woman to be committed to you, to have your children, to raise your children. But then you also want to be able to be promiscuous. Uh, there's nothing more dual mating strategy yeah. than that. Exactly. So I'm not quite sure that sometimes they say things where I go, you're really talking out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah, you're talking out of your ass. And 
a lot of them, again, being married, right, 16 years and knowing plenty of people on paper, I can see how that is very, you know, alluring. Like, oh, hell yeah. What guy doesn't want a bunch of women in a room ready to satisfy him? <laughs> Every young man and anybody who doesn't know what marriage is like would want that. But again, me being on the other end of that, there's so many things that are going to go wrong or can go wrong in life. Uh, and if you have mo- having one wife is hard enough. Because <laughs> you're not just married mm-hmm. to her, you're married to her family, her siblings, and everything that goes on. So I've right. seen, I remember when my ex-wife, when her mom passed suddenly of cancer, my wife wasn't the same for a couple of years. And I remember being angry about that, like, where's my wife? So mm. life events like that happen, health events happen. You're just complicating your life to just a whole area of things that you've never considered. And it's just going to make your life a living hell. <laughs> to and be honest, think- it really is. I don't think that a lot of men want multiple women. I, I, I really don't. They might fantasize about it. It might be a fantasy of like, I wish yeah, I could it definitely do this. Is. Yeah. yeah, of course. But like, I wish I could eat potato chips all day and not get fat, you know, but I have a, I have a salty tooth. That's not going to happen. So we have to wake up and make decisions. I wish I could drink as much as I want and not feel hungover. But at some point you wake up and consciously say, I'm going to choose to be with one person because there's so much personal satisfaction and growth and intimacy and getting to understand somebody at such a deep level provides so much satisfaction in life. It does. And but they don't understand that. No, no 20 year old guy is going to understand that. Even a 30 year old guy. I do now at 46, but most guys won't. Maybe. Yeah. And I, and I think that this kind of gives them, if that's what their dream is and if that's what they have to look up to, um, you know, more power to them. But I think that they're going to find out shortly uh, if they proceed with that lifestyle that they're going to be in a lot of pain and they're going to cause a lot of pain to other people. Typically, yes. I get men who uh, want to graduate from the red pill like they find me and they've they've had enough or they've realized. And, and it's funny right. because I didn't even know about this space until I have one friend, one ex-boyfriend. We could say we're friends. We're really acquaintances. He's moved yeah. on. He was married, divorced, college. This was college. Um, he's a musician as well. So he is, you know, I'm a musician. He does booking. So I would get gigs from him with his agency. We talk very once in a while. And he was the one who found the red, spa- the red pill space mm-hmm. and told me about it and said, hey, this is really interesting. You should read the Rational Mail and you should do all this. And, and I did. And that's how I found Paul. Uh, come on, man. You know, I found Rolo. I found all these guys. And I, I, I've read the books, but then I've also read David Buss's books, right? Which is Evolutionary Psychology, The Evolution of Desire. And I'm halfway through that one. It's kind of this. It, the, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like mm-hmm. you're just talking about evolution, but you're, but the way that you, the paint women as far as hypergamy and there's actually new studies that have been done on hypergamy that are actually, it's debunking hypergamy that more women, the more education they get there have, they are dating down more. If you could say dating down hypergamous relationships are starting to disappear because it doesn't really necessarily exist. Women can yeah. have education. Women can make more and not look down upon a man and mm. say that she's going to leave him. There's other things men can do to establish leadership and um, bring value to a relationship other than finances and resources. But mm-hmm. that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. And the whole educational thing. And when I hear hypergamy, I mean, let's be honest, even when I was dating, 
I didn't want to date anybody who was doing worse than me. Mm. Is that that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially that's uh, that's hypergamous according to them. Well, it's it, <laughs> right. They, they can shut the hell up because that's not true. Because, again, I I know what I want. Again, everybody knows more or less. I know, for, for example, you, you know what you want. So you would want to date somebody at your level, if not at your level, somebody who is ambitious and who has a plan and knows how to problem solve like you. And, you know, like you have no doubt on him. He's going to make it. It's just a matter of time. So I know you would probably feel the same way, but we all want somebody at our level. Uh, who's doing comparable. I mean, that's, well, that's natural, I think. Think about how people have dated throughout history, right? Oh, Kings yeah. have dated queens. Jokers have dated gestures. Um, there's a certain level. I, okay, I'll give you an example. I spent a lot of time in London. My grandmother was from London, lived in a beautiful neighborhood in London, and they have a, they have a class system there. The way oh, yeah. that they can tell someone's class is their voice, is their accent, how they speak. So there are a lot of people that will try their whole lives to change their voice because of, of the indication of like where they are at in their status of life. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people just in general date within their class because of it's just what you're used to. It's right. who you know. Like, it, for example, if I brought a guy home who, let's say, was chewing gum out of his mouth, was spitting out, was talking with his mouth open, um, what you know, didn't know how to greet my mother at the door, was disrespectful to my brothers, was cursing all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, there would be some conversation after that they would say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, it's like you you date someone, you want to be with someone that fits in, like you said, your wife, you're dating her family, your or your your partner. It's like." Mm -hmm. That all has to work. So the hypergamous thing is just kind of like, okay, well, duh. Typically, people date within their within yeah. their class within their class system, and this is how it's been for a long time. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with it. So when they say that, I, I like I had a debate with this younger guy who's a Red Bull guy, and I. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll call him out like I, he's watched too many of these shows and more or less he's trying to replicate that show's, yeah. you know, fan base by really not having an original thought and just mm. repeating verbatim what we've already heard. And the conversation came up with dating younger women. I'm like, why do you want to date younger women? And he goes, well, they have less trauma, less baggage. I'm like, well, what do you mean by trauma? Well, I don't want her to have like life experience, like all these bodies. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about what do you mean by trauma? And he goes, well, I don't want anybody coming in with all these red flags, this and that. And, uh, you know, I, she needs to be comfortable within my frame. You know, I want her to be a, a clean slate. That way she feel protected in my space and my world. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, I'm, and I countered and said, well, trauma is a good thing because let me explain why. Because you want somebody who's had life, punch them in the nose, but they've recovered. They've healed from it. They knew what happened and they moved on because mm -hmm. they say 80% of marriages are followed by, divorces are followed by women, right? Well, mm -hmm. I mean, let's talk about that. Maybe if you, let's say you married somebody who's very young. And she mm -hmm. doesn't know how to deal with life. And that one life moment comes when you're married and she doesn't know how to handle it. Most mm -hmm. people don't know how to handle a crisis situation. You can handle arguments, but what if you have a stillborn? Like yeah. I had some friends who had a stillborn. What do you do then? Or, or like an in-law dies or you have a kid who's got severe autism. That's yeah. a major life event. What are you going to do then? Most people quit and yeah. file. So you want somebody who knows how to handle trauma in life and who says, okay, babe, I got this. You know, they're going to work with you and not leave you. That's yeah. why it's important to have trauma. He's like, no, no, no. My frame's going to hold it up. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> well, and if, and I, it's funny because they say that women who are above the, like 
uh, the wall or where they hit the wall. That's so stupid. basically what you're saying is that men above 40 as well hit the wall because mm-hmm. they're the leftover men for the women. You know, they're, you're criticizing women over 35, but then you're also denigrating men who have also done work, who are in their 40s, who are 40. Some of the most amazing men that I've dated mm-hmm. and that are out there are men in their 40s. They've gone yeah. through divorce. They have a, they've been through a ton of trauma. They've had to rebuild themselves, yeah. right? Because yeah. then you then when the next person comes along, you know not to make the same mistakes. You yes. ta- you've taken inventory of who you are. You're able to self-reflect. You've done all sorts of work on, wait, I don't want to make the same mistakes in this relationship. And I know without a doubt, this is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem that I have found with guys that I coach that are older, that are dating much younger women is the disrespect and the level of, um, they take them for granted because they don't have any experience. Yeah. So they have no clue how to treat a man. And so there's this, this loop of disrespect. And this guy's over here going, I've never been treated like this before. What is going on? And I said, because she doesn't even know what she's missing. Yeah. She doesn't even know how to treat you because she's never had any experience. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get the 18 year olds. I mean, the 18 year old Sarah versus the 38 year old Sarah are like, night and day. I can't, I didn't appreciate (laughs) men. I had no idea. They were jerks. They were assholes. They had, I couldn't, I didn't, uh, nothing could explain to me what a man was. So I took them for granted and I didn't treat them very well. And that's a lot of women in their twenties. They don't know what they're doing. So when they get into an argument, they'll like block you. And I don't want to talk about it. Just take all like, wait, wait, let's talk about it. Silent treatment. I don't know how to use their words, you know, uh, dysregulated emotional experience. It's, Mm Yeah. So there's date someone that you care about, you know, if they're 10 years younger, great. If they're 10 years older, great. Like finding, finding a connection is so hard in general that if you put all these rules and you put all these barriers, and if you are automatically disqualifying someone because they have a divorce, Mm -hmm. good luck to you. You're, you're going to have a smaller pool. And, and again, guys, guys who have access to all the women, are, you know, let's say if they're 1%, there's less than 10% of those types of men mm-hmm. because a lot of them don't, a lot of men don't make six figures. A lot mm-hmm. of men don't bring all of this to the table that they, that a woman who is that young would want. And furthermore, when I have guys hit on me that are like in their sixties or, you know, maybe in their fifties, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not interested. It's not like women don't want to date men who are so super older than them, just my personal opinion, um, because they, um, well, let me, again, there's let me get, not enough life experience. Like there's, there's too much in between there. Yeah. I, I'm actually one of my clients. She's a, a model, a beautiful mm-hmm. model. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend is 60 years old. She's 30. How is that? How does that work? What um, is that? What is she, uh, <clears throat> what is she in for? I don't want to say too much, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, this man is very wealthy. Yeah. Very wealthy, very, uh, a business owner, a world traveler. And there are some daddy issues mm, okay. and, uh, more or less <laughs> wanting to leave the life of what she's been doing and mm-hmm. have security like plant roots. And this guy's it, but he's a very mature, handsome man for being 60. He's really handsome, right? He's aged well, but I've seen that. 
And it's yeah. like, okay, to each their own, you know. I can't really speak more than that. I don't want to give too yeah, much details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, and I, you know what, more power to him, but that would be, that would, I, I find that once you said the daddy issues thing, I thought, yeah, that, that makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah, it does. But uh, the, the dating world is, is really complex, but uh, I want to go back to the bullet points here that we we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys really go to YouTube. Like I said, for like, for me, I was heartbroken. Why did she cheat on me? <laughs> or other guys want to get laid. They want to figure out how to be successful with women. Like, and again, with your platform, are you finding men want to find the one woman to get married or do they want to just be better with women to get laid more? No, I do find that men, there's either two camps. There's typically the men that really could care less about women and are just there to cause drama in the comments and validate that women are horrible and they've mm -hmm. probably they've probably dated or been married once in their life or been yeah. on five dates you know i can kind of tell their desperation but there's also a huge cohort of men that are following me and that i coach that i talk with on a daily basis that are really trying to understand you know why did she shut down what do i do what do i say when i approach a woman you know how do i come across as being confident but not creepy mm -hmm. um how do i meet high quality women they're trying to figure out where they are you know where are they hiding um you know what just like you what what do i do what did i do how do i not scare them away yeah there are actually a ton of men who are who are looking for that for looking for that yeah and, and it's good that they're reaching out to you because they're going to get some sound advice and again having that clear answer is that but one of your videos it says uh let's see what do i have here this what turns on a woman you recently did that okay so let, and i know a lot of guys like to talk about that speaking of which your video that we the first one we did oh my god like how to get a woman wet that yeah. one it recently blew up again i don't know what the hell happened it, oh, like, it looked, did? yeah because it blew up when i first posted it right and then it's kind of went dormant. Then all of a sudden I looked in one morning, like 20,000 views in one day. What the hell happened? Ooh. <laughs> but, so that was good for me. Like, but again, uh, I think that's probably how you saw the video. Uh, but guys really want to know that. So what for to, to turn on a woman for the guys who don't know what are like, because guys think what we need to have abs. You got to be six foot. You got to have money. That's what turns on a woman. I don't have any of those. And I had a, I did pretty good on my own doing mm. that from a, straight from a woman's mouth. What turns on a woman for the guys out there? The biggest thing is your presence of intentionality. And what I mean by mm. that is when a woman feels that a man is 100% there, it is the biggest turn on that you can ever have with a woman. So when you show up to a date or even when you're in a relationship and you show up being intentional with asking questions that lead you to answers that will tell you a little bit more about what she values or mm -hmm. what, or you're sharing stories about what you value, sharing stories that are intentional, just like you're with, you are with a career showing intentionality in your career, um, not over sexualizing, not treating her like she is just an object of your desire, truly wanting to get to know her because attractive women feel this all the time. Are you really with me because you're genuinely interested in me because you genuinely see yourself with me or 
are you just with me because you want to sleep with me? Mm-hmm. So intentionality in texting, you know, as far as men are very information driven. So I'm going to text her for this date. I'm going to set it up. And then there's this like space in between. Now I know mm-hmm. Corey Wayne might disagree with me. No offense to the 3% man, but when a woman connects with you, let's say on an online dating app or when she's just starting to get to know you, she starts to establish a story in her mind. And the questions that she's asking herself are, can I trust this guy? Is this guy who he says he is? And every time you show up on my phone, every time a text message has come, you know, come through and I hear from you or I hear, how was your day? Beautiful. Tell me about it. What, what's mm-hmm. women are all about lubrication, but it all happens here in between our ears. Um, being intentional with your touch. If, if I'm just meeting you and I'm, you know, I had, I went out with someone the other day that. I had my hands or somewhere on the table and he noticed my watch and he touched my watch and, and like touched me. And he created that like physical, that energy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh, that was very nice. You know, there's like that confidence. I've used that move. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. you know, having confidence, being very intentional about what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you want. Um, being communicative, talking about sex, you know, talking about your fantasies and not getting defensive, not getting defensive, um, using vibrators in the bedroom and not making it about you. The quickest Mm -hmm. way to have an orgasm for a woman is through vibration. It can happen in 30 seconds for us. So if you're able to, you know, talk about certain things about what makes her comfortable or going and buying something like that together, going to the store and being like, Hey babe, what do you think about this toy? Like Mm -hmm. this looks fun. And just having that like playful intentionality about you and just wanting to make her happy and show her that she's safe. Like, Hey, no matter what, no matter what we talk about, no matter what the situation is like you are safe with me mm-hmm. that is lubrication for mm-hmm. a woman i totally agree with the vibrator uh i got my <laughs> i got my love which one it's it's helping you out guys it's saving you work because uh i don't know if i shared this with you or not but we obviously have a baby right seven months old and the pregnancy was very hard on her because mm. she was never supposed to have one medically like this was oh, like wow. a miracle baby Amazing. So she was in pain or just uncomfortable the entire time. So we didn't have sex for eight months. Mm. And I've never, since I was a kid, have gone that long not having sex. So I took care of myself when I had to, right? And that's what I needed to do. And 46-year-old Rudy understands that. Mm. My f- younger Rudy, when you first went through that, I couldn't have gone through that. I would have went insane, been that yeah. horrible guy. What about me? All that stuff. Anyway, but when uh, we finally started doing it um, after the baby and she healed, I go, I'm gonna get you a toy because it's been so long. I probably have horrible, like I'm, I'm knocking the condition. I'm probably gonna be out of breath. So let's bring that in. So we've been, we've been using it and it's working. It saves mm-hmm. me trouble. But again, you have to spice things up. And, uh, I'm, and again, that's just me and her because we have that wonderful dialogue. But are you finding men don't want to even entertain that idea because they'll like, no, you know, I'm gonna satisfy you. Like why are guys so like apprehensive with bringing a toy in the bedroom? 
Well, there's a lot of ego um, involved in in the bedroom. Um, But there's also a message that women hear as well. Think about it. It's not necessarily safe for us to talk about our other experiences because what do we think is going to happen? Oh, I'm going to scare him away. Um, I don't want to tell him about my other, I don't want to tell him what I like because in the back of his mind, is he thinking about me with another guy? Like mm-hmm. where I learned this potentially from or <clears throat> so people are become very closed off when it comes to sex. They, they become very hyper aware of what comes out of their mouth because they're in fear of how the other person is going to react. Huh. You have to let all of that go. You have to be 100% comfortable and a woman, she has to be able to come to you and say, exactly what's on her mind. And if she feels that safety, if she feels like, Oh my God, he's not, he's not going to leave me after I tell him this truth. Once again, these are all ways to turn women on and it's not what guys need to get turned on. It is the complete opposite of what guys need to get turned on. So it's, it's really, it is more complicated for us because we have a greater risk from a pregnancy standpoint. We have a greater risk of STDs. We have greater risks of just involvement emotionally. We've there. So we are more guarded and we have to feel things differently versus men. I could walk walk around in my robe and it would be completely fine. Mm -hmm. You guys would be good. Um, But for us, if you know, the house is a mess, if there are things that need to get done, if, the bank account is being drained. If you're in scarcity, women have all these things going on. So getting her present through touch, through massage, through talking, through cleaning the house together and then sitting down and Netflixing and chilling, Mm -hmm. that is really a way to kind of start the process of getting her in the mood to be in that sexual mindset. Right. Right. That's, that's gold. That really is gold. And again, I hope the guys who are listening understand that at no point did Sarah say you need to go to the gym, get muscles, (laughs) you have to make money and drive Bugatti. She didn't say anything about that. It's all about you. And I think that's the problem with a lot of young guys out there that are lost because they think that's the way to turn on a woman visually. And to an extent, yeah, there's there's attraction. Attraction definitely works. But Guys, you need to work on yourself. Everything Sarah just said, that's like kind of like maybe step two. Mm-hmm. Let's go to step one. Work on yourself. Have the self-confidence. You know, be comfortable in your own skin, how you talk to people, uh, how you communicate. Be self-aware mm-hmm. of how, you know, people's emotions and things you say. And knowing your space. And I think that's where guys get lost. You can have all the muscles and still be a dick and not and know how to communicate with people. And you 100%. may get laid, but it's not going to be something everlasting. It's not going to be something that you want to marry. I've been out with so many men who are incredibly successful, who have seven cars, who, because you get to this age and you can start to, you know, there's some men out there that have done very well for themselves. And I have not gone out with them again, or the relationship has, you know, deteriorated very quickly because they're either extreme workaholics. um, They're not able to be present. Their phone is constantly going off in the background. They're distracted 
they're not able to sit in stillness. They're hyperverbalized. You know, they're constantly talking about themselves and their accomplishments. Those are all big turnoffs because, yeah. you know, a woman who also, uh, women now are making their own money. So they don't necessarily need you to make as much as you might think that we want you to make. And mm. just because you show up with a Rolex on, that tells me nothing about your character. <laughs> tells me nothing about you. That that does, that does not get me wet. Like, mm -hmm. okay, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. But mm -hmm. what it is, is it's, it's the fact that they've, they've taken the time to understand themselves. They're intentional with their values. They're intentional mm -hmm. with their speech. They're able to verbalize like, this is what I want in a woman. Oh my God. If a guy says that to me on a date and he is very clear with like what he's looking for, it's, it is like, Oh God. Then I'm, then, then it's like Corey Wayne, you know, genuine burning desire. I'm yeah. like, okay, hold back, Sarah. <laughs> like don't, don't, don't give in too quick, you know, because then you as a woman that elicits a response, like an animalistic response in, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that man can keep me safe. That man knows he has boundaries. He knows exactly what he wants. And the money is just an indication of the life that you have built. It takes stamina. It takes hard work. It, mm -hmm. It's all the characteristics outside of the money that we're attracted to, because in order to be successful, successful as a man, right, you have to have a certain amount um, of focus on your life. Yeah. You have to have boundaries and schedules and, and you have to live Jocko and will and, and all these successful guys, uh, Brad Lee, I can think of, you know, Matthew McConaughey, whatever, mm -hmm. Brad Pitt, uh, The Rock, who's mm -hmm. doing very well with his Arnold Schwarzenegger. They have all had extreme discipline and focus in their life. Mm -hmm. And that is what makes a woman attracted, wet, feel safe. That if you can create that feeling for a woman, she's, your, she's all mm -hmm. yours. Right, right. There's a variable that I think a lot of these red pill coaches are missing because they think they see the Marion guy, they see all these other coaches and how they speak like this. And lady, you don't know what you're talking about. Very authoritative and all this other <laughs> bullshit. It's a character. But some of the most powerful men I know, like I have a couple of mentors here in San Antonio and they're millionaires, right? They own many restaurants, many businesses, and I meet them every quarter. And the variable that I see with them, they're, they're great leaders, but they're also, they have layers and they have, they have empathy and they're mm -hmm. humble. And I think yeah. any man of power who's worked so hard to achieve what he's had, there's a certain level of humbleness and empathy that they have. And when I see one of these guys at the, with this level of money and wealth not have that, that tells me it was never self-made. It was more or less given. And that's what they have told me as well. Uh, but I think having empathy helps people relate to you and yeah. being humble also as well. And I think that's a variable they're all missing. And I know for me, when I started dating, like I told you, I made them laugh. I knew what I wanted and the maturity and the realization of what I had done and what I am now and the world in front of me, that made them feel safe. That made them feel mm -hmm. wonderful. They, they love that I was so positive. They love that I was not too demanding, uh, but I was very comfortable in this positive. And that really helped me in my space. And you know and why that you know why that is why 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 you made women feel safe with that and when a man is able to talk about what he's learned 
and the process that he has gone through, mm -hmm. it signals to a woman that you have high competency and what that way go way back to caveman days when women were looking to you right for protection and right. the lion is coming they want to know what your process is for protecting me from danger i'm going to invest in you i'm going to give you my babies i'm going to like be i'm going to i'm going to give you sex because i i want you to stay with me and protect me but when you <clears throat> share everything that you've learned and how you've gotten from point point a to point b and you're humble about it that tells me that if if we encounter danger if he's good with money, he's not going to bankrupt us. If he has friends, he knows how to create a social circle. If the world ends, he's going to have that. Mm -hmm. If he has done what, you know what I'm saying? Like if he's yeah. gone through personal growth, that means that if I experience depression, if he experiences depression, if something happens from an emotional standpoint, he's going to be able to get us through that. I can look to him for that leadership. That is what all, and, and, and it's like very subtle, and men don't understand this, that like women are examining these things. Unfortunately, that's just how we are. That's how we're built. We're examining <laughs> these, we're examining these things and we're looking for areas that you can fill in the gaps where we can't. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where the hypergamy sets in because we want, we want to look up to you from a leadership perspective. We really do, but it, that's, yeah. it's not, it's not hard. What you've just, what you've done with your life is exactly what brought you your love witch. It's mm -hmm. just your ability to self-reflect and share what you've learned and grow from that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very sexy. Thank Very you. sexy, Rudy. Appreciate that. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny you mentioned the protective piece because I'm not. I've never said I'm an alpha. I don't project myself as one. But when you know shit goes down, that's when I get into dad mode, you know, protective mode, right? Uh, little story, and it's a little gesture that I never thought would mean anything to my love witch, but it turned her on. Let me tell you what it is. <laughs> we went to Fiesta here in San Antonio not to, a couple of months back, and we're in line to get her a funnel cake. And this line is, I don't know if it's like this all over the country, but it's a 45-minute wait because everybody loves funnel cakes, right? Yeah. So we're in line, and right when we're about to go up, this tall guy stands in front of us. Like, who the hell is this guy? And she goes, I don't know. Is he cutting? And I'm like, I don't know. And I tapped him. I go, nah, get back there. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, sir. And I was like, yeah, get the, get, you're cutting. Get out of here. And I just said that. And then she, he walked away. And she goes, I love you. And she kissed me. She goes, that turned me on. I'm like, why? Because <laughs> most people hate confrontations. And most guys would just not say anything. But you told him to get the hell out of here. And he did. Yep. So that little thing that's, did it. It's, that's as simple as that. <laughs> but what, yeah, exactly. It shows that like you got her back, you have your back, you can protect her. I love that. That That's yeah. such a simple little thing that a thing you would never think of or see like on any show or anything like that. And I'm sure it was a, I'm sure it was a good night for you. That oh night. yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> like I said, we're getting back at it and I love that she's now she's got baby weight. She's curvy. Like, Oh my God, like I'm going insane over here. Anyway, we're off topic. <laughs> you also did a video called uh, what women want in the bedroom. And I want to touch on something real quick, because, again, I've had a lot of red pill guys and I've seen this all over the place where they say men need experience. They need numbers. They need a high body count so They know how to please a woman. Ladies, don't you want to know? Don't you want your man to know how to please you? So we need to have numbers. And I always tell this story. I had a friend of mine who had over 300 women. And it just so happened that I met a couple of the women after he had dated them, like in circles. Hey, didn't you date my friend? So and so I having a few drinks and I go, can't tell you something about your friend. I'm like, sure. Both of them, he couldn't fuck worth a damn. 
<laughs> it was just bam, 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 I'm, I'm gone. And he couldn't sleep with us whatsoever. He's always talking this game that he had all these bodies, but he couldn't perform worth a damn. So to the guys out there, you don't need a mass number of women to be a better lover. What you need is to communicate with her on what she likes and be mature enough to talk, have those conversations. Like every woman, I discovered this as well, you know, down there, they're different. Some women like fast, some women like soft pacing. I mean, every woman's built different. So you have to be able yes. to communicate with them. Like, tell me what you like and go from there. Some women totally shocked me, love to be choked. I had never done that mm -hmm. before. I'm like, well, here's my hand. Tell me how hard, you know, yeah. things like that. So you have to learn. It does. The numbers doesn't matter. It just the communication piece. But to yeah. your point, Sarah, I saw you did a video. What do women want in bed? <laughs> well, I think that the the choking thing is is a is a dominance symbol, right? It's um it's it's I out. feel I feel safe enough with mm -hmm. you for you to have for me to be completely submissive to you in this space. As I'm sure your love witch is if she's Latina I'm sure she isn't submissive in every space, right? I'm sure she has a great personality. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but like has a backbone, but in that space, women who are very comfortable with you want you that that's, I yeah, love they it want, too. Yeah. They mm -hmm. want that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, also agree with the point on the body count. That is not attractive to me. That's actually a, a big red flag for a man who has a high body count, because mm -hmm. I think that that tells me that you don't have necessarily standards, standards. for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, you don't necessarily know how to connect deeply with one woman. Um, and you can tell a lot by a man even just dating him and being outside of the bedroom, how he's going to do well in the bedroom. Ooh, in what way? If he, yeah. So if he is kind of um, anxious and kind of shows up in this like anxious energy and you kind of feel that typically means that they're going to be a pretty anxious lover. Lovemaking is all about taking your time, right? Like undressing slowly, um, appreciating every part of her body, kissing different parts of her body, whispering, being sensual, different textures, um, you know, running your fingers through her hair or her back. I mean, very intentional eye contact, mm -hmm. um, pacing. It involves, it involves being very present. I talk about this all the time. Like being present is the key to like life in general, but yeah. Especially in the bedroom, when you have a typically more of an anxious attachment, when you don't really feel comfortable to be deeply intimate with someone at that level, you're not able to, you're, you're always in your head. You're, you're wishing that either it's over or you're not listening for cues. Mm -hmm. Is she breathing heavier? Is she not breathing heavier? You have to be truly like one with another person. Right. And that is what makes a good lover. If mm -hmm. you are, if you like are changing a position too fast because you think that she's not into it, are you really paying attention? Are you really present? Like if she's in it, keep going there until she tells you to stop or, Hey, let's move. Or if you know, you're getting tired. So what makes a good lover is just really, and again, intentional communication and 
just asking her like, what is it that you like and how can I please you? And if you, and if she doesn't know, then go on an exploration, like mm-hmm. have a drink, go into the bedroom, say, we're not leaving for two hours and we're going to figure out where your hot spots are. And you just be all about her because you know, at some point that like, you're either going to get it back or you won't. But for the most part, if you please her and she's a good woman, she's going to want, she's going to like give it back to you tenfold or she's going to be present for you as well. Um, but I, you know, I, I did that video and a lot of it was just get rid of your ego. Ego is out of the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, try and get her into the mindset of this is an erotic space where you feel safe, where you are 100% capable to be yourself um, let her make the noises, let her, you know, <laughs> let her do all the things and like, tell her that she's hot. Like while mm-hmm. she's doing those things, like tell her how turned on you are. Talk dirty. Yeah. yeah like talk mm-hmm. dirty, you know, make her feel like, damn, like you see how hard I am. Like you're doing this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing this to me. And there's a lot. I don't know how much we can talk about on YouTube or like how much we can really get into. Please do. I mean, I'll, I don't care. I don't care if it's demonetized or not, but go ahead. But uh, to your point, to your point, I, I, you said the energy. And yes, yes. It, we've all been around somebody where they're nervous and that energy kind of like just is like contagious. Everyone else starts to get nervous, especially when you're at a, at a maybe watching somebody speak in front of a class and they're nervous. Everybody mm-hmm. else starts getting nervous. So guys, yes, your energy Again, going back to being comfortable in your own skin, you have to be in that element because you can't fake it. Women mm. are like, I don't know, you have some like receptors, something that you can pick up when a guy's not being authentic. Yeah. And if he's nervous, it, you, will, you will find it first. So you have yeah. to be in that space because there's no way you're going to be able to get her to relax. I remember I had uh, Caitlin V on my, on my podcast and she says women in order to orgasm need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. If they don't feel safe with you, you're just wasting your time. You're not going to yeah. get her there. And a lot of times women will orgasm in their mind before they orgasm physically. Mm-hmm. They have to be fantasizing about you and fantasizing a lot about the life that they're building with you. I don't know. There's a lot of women that can have an orgasm or can be in that space without having an emotional connection with a man. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not one of them. I have to have a deep emotional connection with a man um, in order to you know, have an orgasm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, again, that safety is all about, um, just creating the emotional regulation is like you being confident in your skin and not pointing out, like if you take your shirt off, right. And you like immediately point out something that you're insecure about, it's like a mood killer for everybody. And, mm-hmm. and same for women, you know, women need to own their body, you know, your love, witch. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she has her insecurities about her body and how she feels. Mm-hmm. But if you take that into the bedroom, people are going to pick up on that. If a guy is, you know, insecure about his size, if he's not as big and he wants to be, and, and like that gets in his head and he starts to think about, Oh, well, she's not responding the way that I want her to respond or, it, staying then making, hard the entire time, things like that. There's so many things that go in the guy's head. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then you're making it about you realizing that like, she's okay. She's, she's just there for the ride. But then also orgasming is not 
always the end goal. You don't have to make orgasm the end goal of the sexual experience. A lot of times Mm. women are, women I think would have more sex and, and men would have more sex if they asked for it and said, Hey, you know what? Like, can I get like five or 10 minutes of just us connecting? And this is how that, this is what that does for me. If a woman feels really safe, because there are some times in the month where it's not possible for us, our levels are off, our hormones are off. We're in pain, you know, we're just not really feeling it. Like, or orgasming is like a big deal, but for a woman, a lot of times if she's really, truly in love with her man, she wants to please you. She wants to show up for you and say, okay, like 10 minutes before bed, um, you know, here, let's just do it. And yeah. it's not like, like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's, it's, she realizes that I'm going to give this to my man as, as like a gift that I love him. I care for him. I appreciate him. And it doesn't have to, I don't have to reach climax, but sometimes men get so stuck on that train that are like, Nope, we're going through like we're it's 20, 30 (laughs) minutes in. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm just exhausted. I just want to go to bed. Like, I just wanted to do this for you, or I just wanted to connect with you. And because we also feel connected with you when we, when we have sex. So it's so much pressure on the orgasm, like take the pressure off and focus on looking into each other's eyes, being each, like being in each other's body, in each other's space. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, if you go to bed like that and you wake up and let's say you get it on in the morning, like you're going to create a safer, beautiful place for yourself to have even more orgasms, but it shouldn't be the goal for sex. Sex should be about connecting and making you all feel closer to one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember thinking about that when I was married, like the scenario you just said, like, I just wanted, I just wanted to do you. Don't worry about me. I'm going to bed. I remember, you know, 31 year old me was like, no, I need to get you there. <laughs> Why? Because in my mind, I thought she was not going to be satisfied and that she was going to leave me for something else. Cause I was just yep. stupid. Right. But yeah, that's how men think. Uh, but you're all right. There's going to be nights where it's just not going to happen. And, uh, that's perfectly normal. That's perfectly, perfectly. fine perfectly normal and and we are okay with it as women like just give us an if we're not into give us an erotic massage you know give us a good back massage slip it in Mm -hmm. have a good time and then let's go to bed and (laughs) it just it doesn't always have to be this arc of having to get her to come yeah Uh, i do make it a goal like it's just like a rule of mine that i i want them to have three to my one I don't care how long it takes. Well, like, because dating world, yeah, three to one. Did you? Yeah, they tell me, and I can tell, right? You know, there's way, many ways you can tell. But even with my love witch, now that we have, you know, even before the vibrator, like, yeah. you, I want them to have more than me. It's just, that's just But me. what is that? But let me ask you, why? What does that say about you? Uh, why? Okay, in the root of it, I want the experience to be wonderful for them. I, I want to be a giver. I want them to be in a state that that they're the center of the universe. Like when I'm with somebody, they're the center of the universe. Like nothing else matters. Tell me what you want. I'm here to please you. And when but you're at a state, having, but is having multiple orgasms the way to do that? Or is, is that more self-fulfilling for you or is maybe. that what they really want? Well, every yeah. woman's different, right? Sometimes when mm-hmm. one, one woman, she has one orgasm, like, don't, 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 I'm just like, just yeah. get away from me. You know? yeah. Yeah. There's many different types of women. So it just depends, but I just want them to get there. Uh, for yeah. me, maybe it was more self-fulfilling because, uh, where that stems from, 
is when I was married, there were so many things I wanted to do with the ex-wife, but she wasn't confident. She wanted to do mm. it with the lights off. Uh, just there's so many things I wanted to try and didn't have the opportunity. So when I was right. now free in the wild, I tried every damn thing. And I was just, it was more like um, trying out a new skill that you've always wanted to try and now you have the opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you were just so attentive to, I was just so attentive to whoever was there. Like, I want to try this. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. And just learn from it. So that was really it. And uh, maybe it's also me making up for lost time. I don't know. But I just want every woman to have a, a wonderful experience. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that, you know, these are the types of conversations that yeah. you might, you know, having with your person for those who are watching. It's it's OK, but, you know, I don't maybe I don't necessarily need three orgasms. Like mm -hmm. one is good. Right. Or, right. you know, I it's like men kind of get in that space and that frame of I have to do this or else. And, and it's like the conversation that we just had, right. About yeah. checking your, checking your motivation, checking your, cause if, cause women experience the same thing, may, they may not admit it out loud, but you know, if I don't make my man, you know, have an orgasm, it's like, uh, Oh gosh, like What's I might wrong? feel, right. I might feel insecure about that. And so I have to be very open and talk to him. And, and as you get older, you know, as you know, men also have lower testosterone. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't, it may not necessarily come as easy for them or there's something going on. They're stressed. A uh, little bit different when you're a younger guy, but younger guys just wait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I should get It'll older. There's some things that happen. So it's really important just to not take that to heart, to not take that personally, <clears throat> and to really um, maintain your self esteem and, and don't make sex uh, performative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And uh, to the men regarding the orgasm, and not orgasm, the uh, erections and being ready to go when you're in your 40s. It's weird, but like when I was single, that was never a problem. But when now that I was in a relationship, that started becoming a problem later. But like I just mm -hmm. told you, when she was pregnant, we didn't have sex. So I, yeah. I understood, okay, this is just a temporary thing. Like when I was younger, oh, this is forever, our lives are ruined. But I understood this was a temporary thing. So I just kind of put myself in the backseat so I didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then like when she first touched me, I was like, oh my God, I was just like, <laughs> I was ready to go. It was that touch mm -hmm. that I needed and that reminder. And that was, again, ready to go. But even with that, there's times where you feel like, uh, like I can't stay hard. What's going on? But that's just you in your own head, as you've already touched on, that anxiety. Yeah. You're not present in the moment. But, yeah, it does happen. It, it does happen for many other things. Uh, it, could, it, it could be your blood pressure. It could be uh, mm -hmm. you're thinking about bills. You're not in the moment. But, yeah, it yeah. does happen. But it's still there. It's still yeah. there. You have to. And you know what's funny? I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it like uh, we I have a large mirror in my room and I've never really I had to move the bed around and all that since everybody moved in. And now the we're looking like the bed I'm looking. So the other day we're, we're performing. I was having sex with her and I looked in the mirror and I had never looked in the mirror of myself like I like this. <laughs> and it did it for me. I was like, oh, like, yeah. Like I like what I see. And it's the, like a the little, mirror did it like for a, me. I don't know what happened. It's like a little porno. You're like watching yourself yes. in, a, in a porno. I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm not that fat. I look good. <laughs> <laughs> but she looked great. great too. Yeah, but I uh, I've never done that. Mm -hmm. Watch porn together, you know, yeah. like do things together that, that, are, that are challenging and, and just ask, just communicate, you know, make her 
make her comfortable, make her feel safe. And yeah. I think the sky's the sky's the limit. But you can't if you don't talk. If you, need you don't. To you gotta talk, and you gotta not. I had a guy who I, I cared about very much, but he was very insecure about toys, and and was didn't didn't want me to use them, and felt mm-hmm. very um, that that was me kind of was this an older guy or a younger guy yeah he was older he was in his 40s and i didn't realize how much that you know affected him and i i knew at that point that i couldn't continue it was um the relationship ended for many reasons but i and at that point in the future i said to myself I'm going to be very clear. I'm going to be very upfront about what I want in the future. And if you are intimidated by that, if you are not comfortable with me using, you know, certain things in the bedroom, mm-hmm. then unfortunately it's not going to work because yeah. I, I am an adventurous person. I don't, I seek novelty out in my, in my life as an individual. I go on new hikes every day. I walk on new beaches. I try and meet new people. And if there's like something I see on Instagram, that's like new and, you know, kind of like, what's that? I kind of want to try it. You know, if there's something that goes in a, I mean, I'm getting like in a different orifice and I'm kind of wanting to try it. (laughs) it. And if that's, and if you are, if that's not comfortable for you, then that means that we're going to have a value system that doesn't align that mm-hmm. you don't really appreciate that. And that's going to be, I'm going to have to compromise on who I am as a person in order to please you. And that leads to massive resentment. So yeah. that is not going to work long-term. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking from a man's standpoint, why would he have a problem with the toys or trying new things? Maybe it's because they don't have enough experience and confidence in their own sexual game to Maybe. entertain that. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, they think they say something that women's can get like desensitized over time. I'm like, that's a myth. You can't, you might, okay, if I put it on there for 10 minutes, like you might experience some localized nerve damage, but that nerves (laughs) regrow. Like unless you pierce it or damage the connections, it's the, you don't get like a long-term desensitization. And they've done studies on this and they've shown they've shown that that that's like impossible it doesn't happen so i don't know that's a good question to ask our audience yeah that's a really good one uh there was this one woman i dated and she said she hadn't dated in over a year but she was she had a high sexual appetite but she was using her toy daily so i couldn't get her to orgasm because she was so used to her toy and she didn't want to bring it in with us and i'm like really okay so so what do we do so we did some research this is like back in 2017 and we found out that she had to reset it like leave the toy alone for a week or so and then engage with me and i was finally able to get her to orgasm but she had been using a toy for a year almost every day i think that though that was more mental what i would say is yeah i think you get used to as a woman the experience by yourself versus the experience with another person you're more self-conscious you're more aware like there's someone here kind of like watching me orgasm but when you're by yourself you know you can just kind of let go in your mind so i i don't know i don't i wouldn't suggest that that was more physiological i think that that i think that that's more Mm -hmm. psychological Mm -hmm. and and the same thing kind of happens with men and I've had a few guys mm-hmm. kind of confide in me, like if you're always just masturbating and your grip is super strong, you know, you're not really going to maybe not find that in the world. Yeah. So you're not going to get that sensation if you're just constantly just using your, your own power. So yeah. 
that can and that can lead porn to like as well. If you're, I, you oh know, I've God. dated many, you know, guys who are just porn are, you know, addicted to porn and then trying to move that and quit that and get into the bedroom. Um, you know, I have a brother who was doing long distance with his wife for a job. There was a time period in their marriage where they did that for a couple of years. And oh. he, he shared with me at one point that, you know, he goes, I, I, I had to stop, you know, before I saw my wife, I had to stop partaking in porn because it would really get in the way of our yeah. sex life. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a lesson and we, you know, we all learn it and he learned it and it was, it was great. Now they're, they're great moving forward. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, sir, I think we're running out of time here. I, I said an hour and 30 minutes and we're approaching okay. that. You're good on time. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you had Whatever. Like, uh, meetings Whatever after meetings else. after this, all that. <laughs> um, let me ask you this, like, uh, Ultimately, we want to help people find lives and, you know, find themselves and be successful in dating and all that. And again, men, I think they understand that there has to be some sort of accountability. The victim blaming is one thing, right? It's women's fault. You know, I don't have money, whatever. But as we just talked about for the last 30 minutes, they need to take accountability and be comfortable with themselves, you know, being the best person they can be emotionally uh, before getting in that space to have any success. Now, are they... Are they open to coaching? Because I have a theory. A lot of men that I've attempted to coach, it's gone, it's gone horrible. Mm. Like they don't want to hear me coach them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of stepped away from the coaching thing. Like uh, I stopped mm. building the website because I was just a horrible coach or they like, they just didn't want to hear what I said. Like mm. I'd hear their story. I'm like, Hey, have you tried this? And said, have you tried losing weights? Cause you told me you're 350 and mm. you're five, eight, man. I mean, come on. I know you're mm-hmm. an engineer, but you got to, you still need to be marketable and they would yeah. just get super upset with me. So I'm thinking these guys have never been coached up. Maybe they haven't had any father figures, but mm-hmm. why is it you think some of these guys are just pushing back on coaching and just being accountable for improving? Why do you think they're, they're getting so angry about that? Um, I probably does have, it probably does go back to, you know, being raised with a single mother, um, kind of Ooh. being, coddled a little bit their whole life. Um, women, the reason why men say to not listen to women when it comes to dating advice is because a lot of times women will, um, pad, pad the advice, you know, they'll kind of sandwich it in, you know, good, bad. They'll kind of make it a little Oreo where like, it's like, Oh, let me deliver it this way. And then, Oh, let me just get a little bit more. And then, okay, let me make you feel good again. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to men, if you have, if you have a man from a young age, a father who is a very strong masculine man, there were times when I watched my father out with my brothers and the way that he talked to them, the way that he disciplined them was very different to the way that he disciplined me, right? Mm -hmm. He was very stern. He was very direct. He was like, this is, these are the consequences that you're going to face. And, and, and I, and, and my brothers would get upset about that. There would be some kind of jealousy in the way that my father disciplined them versus the way that he disciplined me. But not having that father figure is, it's very, very abrasive because they're just not used to hearing it. They're not used to hearing how a man speaks and it causes, it causes 100% deflection. Um, with, with a woman, what I have found is I, I am okay. I'm actually very successful as a coach because they see me as someone who understands their plight, 
who can provide this empathy to them. Hey, I understand where you're coming from, right? I'm a man's advocate, right? Mm -hmm. I, I want to be in the position where I can give you advice. So it's like, they see me as this empathy, but then at the same time, it's I deli- when I deliver that like hardcore, you know, pound the chest. Yeah, it's it it feels a little bit softer, but it also is if they didn't grow up with a father, they're used to dealing with women typically, so they're used to mm. having more of that advice given to them by women as well. Um, they're they're they view you as is almost like a threat. It comes across as a threat. You're yeah, you a believe. chief. You're a chief in the tribe, and you're 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 gonna take from me is how they view it. So with women, it's a little bit easier for us to kind of to kind of give that advice. But I I just think when it comes down to it, is no matter whether you are a man or a woman, uh, people Rudy people change when they've hit their pain threshold. So it may not be you. What happens is that if someone like, I'll not work with people. I've said goodbye to plenty of people where I don't feel as that though they are ready because they haven't experienced enough pain. Mm. So for me, when I was at my rock bottom, right, I had like had a clonopin addiction. I was extremely anxiously attached I was a mess. Uh, my life was falling apart. It was literally unraveling in front of my eyes. I had been in therapy for five years before that. I had, I had been to different therapists trying to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. None of it stuck. Wow. Until I found the therapist that I needed at the right time when I was at rock bottom. And that point I was ready to change. Mm-hmm. So Again, a lot of people, men or women, are just trying to get validation to, oh, that's why she left. She's the problem. When somebody has reached their pain threshold, when they're finally ready to change, Mm -hmm. that's when you'll see progress. Mm -hmm. So I would keep going for personally for you. I would keep going because you just might have to screen them a little bit more. And you and and sometimes I ask people, why are you here? Mm hmm. Why are you here? Why are you here? And if they don't provide a compelling enough answer for me, if they're, if they don't, if I don't hear them say, I'm tired of being in pain, I am tired of doing this. I will do anything now. I say, mm-hmm. all right, yeah. let's go. Let's go. Let's we go. Can, I can work with this. Mm-hmm. Everything else is unmanageable. The, um, and I'm still coaching, but I'm just not as like, a, how do you say, uh, I'm not advertising it. It's yeah. there if they search for it. And the majority was that experience, right? But I found, believe it or not, you probably won't be surprised by this. The women that reached out to me, they loved that I was blunt. They mm. loved that I was direct. They go, Rudy, thank you. I just needed to hear a man's perspective. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I got two different types of reactions delivering the same type of advice the same way. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And I, and I, again, I think that goes way down to the woman that we're probably reaching out to you probably really also struggled with having that masculine presence in their life. So they're at that point where they're looking to have a guy who like is really super masculine and in his, in, in his ability to command respect and authority. And like, Mm -hmm. that's what they're missing and that's what they're looking for. 
So they're, op- they're going to be a lot more open to you. But for the men that come to me, they're, you know, you've seen the women in my comments. It has not gone well. I call I women on all the... I've looked. I've not searched, oh, no, but I've scanned, but I've never seen a woman. <laughs> they are in there. Um, uh-huh. You know, I do have uh, quite a few female followers and some, you know, at first I was called the pick me. I was called all sorts of names for, mm-hmm. for holding them accountable. Um, so I think it just, I think it has to do with just, just intersexual dynamics and how we relate to one another. And I think that men are looking, it's like the women that come to you are looking to date a guy like you and the men that are coming to me are looking to be with a woman like me. So they're just more, I've never thought of it that way. They're just more open to the advice. Wow. Okay. Okay. So maybe you need to stick, maybe you need to stick with women. Maybe you need to stick with maybe because it's funny you say that because uh, I've seen my demographic slowly becoming more women. It's always been more female dominant on TikTok. And when I blew up a Facebook with 50 K followers, like in a month, a lot of guys are calling me simp and like, uh, what does a simp mean? I'm not asking, but I was like, what the hell does a simp mean? Um, but all my advice, like I said, I, I guess I speak from the female perspective because of a couple things. When I again started dating, all the friends left me. I had no friends, right? So mm-hmm. every woman I dated, it never really ended bad. I usually said, hey, it's not working out. I know you want this, but I can't give that to you. How about we just be friends? I have no mm-hmm. friends. I need to start over. You're my first brand new friend. Let's just hang out. You know, if you need guy advice, let me know. I'm here. And before you know it, I had a, a huge group of female friends and guy friends. And I would go have lunch with them and uh, or her, and they would just tell me their frustrations. And I kind of understood where they were coming from. Like, oh, women want that exactly. I didn't know you guys needed days to get ready for a date. You know, and now I understand why you're heartbroken when the guys ghost you or bail on you because you've been getting ready all week, you know, to get your hair did and your nails done. I didn't know all that. So that's what I I share. But guys think that's simp advice. And I'm like, no, that's just common courtesy, general advice. And it it is kind of frustrating that... uh, Again, I've helped thousands of people. I never kept track, but I've helped thousands of people and thousands of marriages. Yeah. Five men were going to commit, you know, you know what? Mm. It's all my videos and they gave them hope. So that's great. But it's crazy how just being a gentleman and just being kind is considered weak and beta to these yeah. new men. I don't understand that. It's a very confused. It's a very confusing generation because, I mean, look about it. Look, they don't have necessarily the the strongest family structures you know everyone from the baby boomers were not necessarily like the best role models when it comes oh, to no. marriage they, they <laughs> ignored, yeah. they, my mom is on like her fourth marriage at this point so if you think about that um and how that's trickled down throughout society and throughout time then then we have the millennials and the the gen xers that are having this gen z generation and i mean i'm seeing these videos that you know these women are 40 body counts in and they're 23 years old that's it's a, a very confu- it's a very confusing time uh, i think we are in an all-time avoidant, anxious attachment. Nobody knows what it means to have a deep, meaningful relationship. Because they've never Um, seen one. They've never seen one. They have no role models. So hopefully I think that's what we're changing, but people are, people are coming to you. They're coming to the internet for answers and they're getting what's out there. They're getting the Tate message. They're getting, you know, uh, the Corey Waynes of the world and and no offense to him. I I think he's fine, but you know, there's other Mm -hmm. toxic advice out there. Um, 
and that's that's where they're that's where they're going. Unfortunately, yeah. it's going to take probably another generation to kind of turn the tides back. Probably, yeah. I just find that they disconnect like shocking, like mm-hmm. simp, really. Like, no, dude, no. That's just being a man. Like, I, I don't yeah. get that. But you have to if you if you don't speak or have the same. It's it's almost become an ideology, mm-hmm. uh, like a political, religious, whatever. It's become an ideology because that last guy I had on my podcast. Uh, again, just kind of repeating everything we've heard at the end of the show, he goes, you know, I've, I've achieved all this thanks to the red pill ideology. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that red pill framework. And I'm like, hold up. You kind of sound like a, a person who said, I just, I wouldn't be here if, like if, if I didn't find Christ, you see yeah. how this is kind of becoming an ideology. You seem like an ambitious young man. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit here and you got a little triggered, but I meant it as a compliment. But just yeah. to hear them say, I devote all this, my success and who I am to, and I, to the red pill, that's where I start seeing like, oh my God, some of these people view it. Yeah. And, like and, an and oh, I've, I've heard the guys on Fresh and Fit say that, you know, chivalry is not rewarded. And I'm yes, going, is. chivalry is not rewarded with the wrong women, but you keep on participating in that pool and that's what you're going to get. It, mm-hmm. But chivalry with the right women is 100% appreciated, it is. 100% appreciated. And the right woman will notice, but you, you know, you can't date the tens. If you want a woman who is going to appreciate you, then, you know, guys, they, they talk out of both sides of their mouth in that community. They say, go after, you know, go after, go after the hot women, but that woman doesn't necessarily have to work very hard. So, nope. She'll, she'll pass you up for the next guy. And then it creates this cycle of hatred amongst women. But mm-hmm. chivalry is very much appreciated with the right woman. And mm-hmm. when you see that it's not, then you cut your ties and you move on. But if simp is being chivalrous and texting in between dates, mm-hmm. be a, be, go ahead. Be, be a simp, right? Be yeah. a simp. Yeah. Follow their advice. Let me know how it works out in 10 years. Let me know exactly. where you end up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's well, a shame. What's that? No. Yeah. No. Keep going. No. No. Oh, I've lost my train of thought. Son of a gun. Ah. What are the questions I got here? Let me look. That's okay. Um, I think we touched on everything. Uh, anything you want to bring up? I can cut this out. But anything you want to touch on? Any topics that you want to address? Maybe your APC <sighs> wants me to bring up, or you want no, to bring up? No. Um. I think. I think that's it. Like we're good. We I just wanted to, what's that? <laughs> we covered a lot. We covered a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, if we can just kind of, yeah, just put it on YouTube and, and let me know, um, if you have smaller clips that you want me to, sh- if you want me to share them on mine, like mm-hmm. if you have like a five minute clip that like, I'm whatever you want me to do, just, okay. If you want to put like the long one on yours and then I tag you and we'll do a thumbnail and put clips on mine, the agency will 100% do that. Okay. Okay. Uh, this will probably be up. I'll work on it today because, you know, Sunday is like my working day. No so it'll probably be up in a couple, maybe next week, but I do need some um, uh, thumbnails. I need some yep. images. I saw you had a photo shoot. So yeah, I need some of those. Mm-hmm. Set on my do. way so I can put them on the thumbnail. I did. I'll be, but I'll be at... Um, I'll be at I'll be at Valuetainment, so I'm doing Valuetainment on Thursday, and then well, I hold on, hold on. Do- let me let me let me. Um, how do I reintroduce this? So you're going to be in Valuetainment. So before we get there, before we get there, let me kind of re- sum everything up real quick. Yeah. Um, 
Now, sir, did you ever imagine you'd be in this position? I mean, you, this all took off pretty fast, but here you are. You said you're going uh, to Miami, right, on some podcast pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think this would happen? I mean, you're here. Look at you, and you're, you're doing wonderfully. You're doing amazing. No, no not at all. Um, somebody were to ask me this 10 years ago or even, or even two years ago. I mean, I downloaded TikTok on the advice of one of my best friends who just kept on sending me these dumb videos during the pandemic. (laughs) And I just thought, what the heck is this? Like, what is this app? Mm -hmm. And I thought, huh, maybe I should, maybe I should try this. Like I'm, I'm, I have a pretty good presence on camera. Like I was a, -hmm. I was a singer. I was a dancer in, in school. Like I, I, I can have a, my own platform, but the thing that really got me, Rudy, was when I did start posting the content, the amount of messages that were so touching mm-hmm. from men and women. And of course, you have to weave through all the crap. But to have a woman come in and write me a letter and say, I understand my husband more because of you. I'm so thankful. And a man say, I've never felt more validated in my life. Like I felt as though I'm speaking through you and I share my videos, you know, share your videos with the women in my life so that they understand me better. That is like, I, I always wondered what my purpose was in life because I'm not a mom. And I don't know if I, that was never really my thing. Like I knew I was meant for something, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't know what it was and it, and it wasn't to be stuck in corporate America behind a desk. It wasn't to be, you know, beholden to a company that told me that I had to get a vaccine. It it, it wasn't Mm -hmm. any of that. Like it was sharing everything, sharing all the mistakes that I had learned and the pain that I went through in my own love life and my own relationships. It's like here, I was the experiment. Like it was, I did all this. Let me share like a parent does. Let mm-hmm. me share with you the mistakes that I made so that you might hopefully make different decisions. And if that is my purpose on this planet, then I then I would have lived a good life. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy about that. And this is just it's kind of the beginning. It's only been a year and I'm excited for the future holds. I've I there's some plans in the future. I can't necessarily tell them right now. But there's plans in the future that I think that my audience uh, is going to be very happy with more, that's more awesome. healing, more resources, more information, because that's really the goal for all of us is just to have nirvana, to mm-hmm. be at peace with mm-hmm. life. You need to be on a TED Talk or Dr. Phil soon. <laughs> you, you, need, you need to be there. I, I see it. I'm, I'm going to manifest that right now. Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. One last question. What is your favorite song to sing? Ooh, (sighs) I am a really, okay. This has been a long time that I've sung this song. I've sung it at multiple different weddings. I have Uh sung it. I play it on piano. It's, um, Alicia Keys song. Some people want it all, but I don't want nothing at all. If it ain't you, babe. 
Wow. That is like one of my favorite songs because it's like that piano intro. Yeah. Do you know, do you remember that? You hear that piano intro? It's a beautiful, it's just a beautifully written song and I can, I can kill it when I have a mic on Wow. I'm just shocked that you sang like, oh my God, that was wonderful. Like you you really can sing. I've never seen a video of you singing. So that's pretty awesome. (laughs) I keep it. I keep it under wraps. Wow. Well, thank you, Sarah, for your time. And again, uh, I've known you for about a year or so, and I'm proud to see my friend prospering the way you are and you're making an impact in many lives. And I'm very proud of you. And I could not be more happier for you to be here. And again, this is just the beginning. So I wish you the very best. Thank you so much, Rudy. It's been an honor getting to know you and an honor continuing to get to know you. Of course, Thank yeah. Thank you. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show. And I want to thank my good friend, Sarah Don Moore, for being on the podcast. If you haven't done so already, go subscribe to her YouTube channel and check her out. Let her know that you heard her on my podcast and I send her your way. And of course, if you haven't done so already, I'm more than sure you have, if, especially if you're listening to this right now. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel and you know become a channel member if you'd like. I would appreciate your support. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. Happy 4th of July and have a wonderful week.